Uh, good day to one and all. This is your host, Paul Perdue, and we're on Talking Antiques. And I have my executive producer, Matt, here. And how are you today, Matt? Doing very well. Thank you, Paul. You're behaving yourself? Trying my best. Oh, very good. And, um, we hope everybody's out there listening, and I hope everybody's been looking at my uh, Facebook page. Now that I'm beginning to get the handle of this hosting, I just want to like to say one thing. I have been a guest on many a show on many a different item and different uh, stories and whatever, whether it be politics or whatever. And, you know, when you're a, when you're a guest... You're nervous and so forth, and but the host is always guiding you along. And but when you're the host, oh, well, I have to learn so much, and I'm, you know, shaky and I'm rattling and I'm making errors and make mistakes. But when you have a good executive producer, that really helps. That really helps. So I thank. We're you trying to find you one. Oh, oh, are you trying? To, uh, well, I thought you were bidding for the job. I thought you were. You know, I think I was the only one who would take it. Oh, oh well, well, but that's not. I tease. <laughs> well, there you go. I, you know, I've been thrown to the wolves already. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just a leftover here. But you know, Matt has treated me very well. So, well, uh, you're Irish. We want to make you feel at home. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you, of course, you played the diddly eye music. You played a bit of Irish music there again for me again. So before we start the show today, I just want to let you know we're on 1350 WZGM, Independent National Radio, and you can listen to it on the TuneIn app, uh, or the radio app, and uh, now that I have my podcast up and running, it'll be on my Facebook page called Talking Antiques, uh, every show that uh, will be on, and at the moment it's on Thursday at uh, 12 o'clock, and um, hopefully it'll either stay there or it could move, but who knows? I have no say in them matters whatsoever. But anyway, you look onto that page. Come on, tell me all about it and what you think. And before we start, I really do want to thank my sponsors who are, you know, only for them I wouldn't be on the air. And uh, that is Village Antiques. And it's very important for all you people that are in around uh, the actual Buncombe County area. If you're down in Biltmore Village, please go to Village Antiques. You know, they're on 755 Biltmore Avenue, and they, it's like going back in time. It's like going back in history. They have some beautiful furniture, French, English, Irish. Well, they might not have too much Irish, but they have a multitude of different uh, styles, periods, times, whatever. American, North, Italian, French, country, whatever. They also have silver jewelry, paintings. You name it, they have it. So if you want one item or a whole house full of items, please go and talk to David and Terry and tell them the Irishman sent you and, you know, will you let me know if they don't treat you well. I'll go down and tell them off and uh, we'll have some fun there. So today we're going to, today's show is going to be sort of like, uh, it's not going to be about one or two items, it's going to be about a multitude of, of little items and We'll we'll sort of start off today about, you know, card collecting, you know, like sort of postcards and stuff. A lot of people, you know, one of the shows I had was about fobs, and I'd mostly women collected that. And then one of the shows I did was about golf balls, antique golf balls, which, you know, that's mostly in the men's section. But today it's about sort of like um, a little bit about um, cards, 
postcards, stuff like that. And a lot of people collect them, and they're not all that expensive. You can get them for a dollar, two dollars, good ones are three, five, very good ones are ten, fifteen, maybe twenty, and exceptional ones by noted artists and that could go up to twenty, thirty, forty dollars. So there again it's all got to do with the knowledge. And of course my wife collects postcards and what she collects is you know, Irish ones, of course. Paddy's Day ones. Anything to do with Ireland. Anything to do with Valentine Ireland. Hands across the, the ocean Ireland. Uh, Balarney Castle where you kiss the stone. You know, all of that type of stuff. And I had a few cards in in the, the office today, in the studio today. And I was showing them to, to, to Matt. And of course... I don't think there's any Irish in you, Matt, is there? Uh, English and German. Oh, well, we won't hold that again. <laughs> okay, you thanks. Know, you know, we Irish, uh, you know, well, we did like the Germans during World War Two more so than the English, so, you know. No comment. Oh, okay, right, fair enough, fair enough. But um, some of these cards are uh, Hands Across the Water, Aaron Gobrog, which means Ireland forever, and... Uh, United Ireland and all of that stuff, and most of these cards, a lot of people are are, are trying to figure out. The, the, well, why would you collect cards? Now, some people collect them because of the beauty of the card. Some people collect them. I'm not talking about just Irish cards. I'm talking about any postcards. Most some people collect them if they have children in them. Some people collect them if they have, um, you know, fa- scenes, ships doesn't matter each area is collected of course in america you have one for every different state you have one for every different county you know you have one for every different train that went by in each county so there's multitudes you can collect it from every any different particular place and today we'll just sort of talk just lightly about two two artists and one was an american artist and one is an english artist and one is ellen clap saddle and she was probably the most famous and prolific artist uh, at at the turn of the 18th uh, 19th century into the 20th century and she was born in about 1865 and uh, she died in 1934 and she is recognized as the most prolific postcard souvenir artist ever and particularly on this side of the border. And she was, from the time, like in the 1890s, she was the first woman to be a businesswoman. Even though the rumours is that the Wolf Brothers, who sort of funded her, she was actually working for them. But in reality, on paper, she was the first female business owner in America. She had, actually, she had a hard life because what happened was she had, there's about 3,000 signed uh, uh, sort of artwork of hers that have been destroyed, gone. Uh, and all that's left is the postcards. And maybe there's one or two books that she illustrated and stuff like that, and uh, which, is, which is very sad. The other reason is that she, uh, because when she started young, she invested all the money. When she got into the art and stuff, she invested all her money in Germany, which was all where the biggest printmaking 
and the card making walls all the engravers were over there the high-end stuff and she invested all her money into doing that over there and she was sent over to um germany on a scholarship for two years she went over with her mother unfortunately her mother died when she was over there and uh, she came back and she was doing great good so and then world war one broke out and she lost everything and she was in germany at the time and uh, nobody knew where she was all through the war and one of the, and of course when she her business went down she went out of business and the wolf brothers went out of business but one of the the brothers managed to get some money together and go over and look for her found her wandering the streets of berlin hungry starving she was never ever the same again they brought her back and when they died she was put into a home and she died in in uh, january 1934 and was put into a potter's grave and it was so sad but uh, that is one of one of the things. So if you see a card with Ellen Clapsaddle on it, purchase it and just remember what this great woman did for the art souvenir postcard industry in the 18th, no, sorry, 19th to 20th century. And we will come back after the break in 1350 WZGM Independent National Radio, Tune In Half Radio, and we look forward to seeing you after the break. Oh, welcome back to Talking Antiques with your host Paul Purdue and uh, executive, executive producer Matt. And uh, I was just, if you heard a bang on the floor, that was me tapping my foot to good old Irish music. And we're listening to this on 1350 WZGM, Independent National Radio, and it's on the TuneIn Radio app. And also, it'll be on my Talking Antiques page, Facebook page, the podcast will. And I just want to sort of go over what we went over the last uh, segment, which was about cards and collecting cards, particularly postcards, souvenir cards of all different varieties. And it's very important to realize, and these I will put some pictures of, particularly the Irish ones that I've showed Matt in, in, in the studio here, but I will put them on the Facebook page for, for this uh, particular episode of the show and most of all of these cards are pre 1900s or pre 1910 or pre 1915 or more so more before world war one and it's very important for you to understand that because to have an antique it has to be a hundred years old so anything that's before 1915 is a hundred years old so it's an antique even though it might be a collectible i also want to thank my sponsors village antiques for you know being very kind to sponsor the show and take a chance on this old irish one and uh, you know when you get a chance to go down to biltmore village go into village antiques on 755 biltmore avenue and say hi to the lads anyway let's get back to the the show 
the first uh, person we talked about, as I said, we've only talked about two people today, just sort of one is American and this person is English. And the first, of course, we were talking about Ellen Clapsaddle, and she was born in 1865 and she passed in 1934. The other person we're going to be talking about is an English guy, and he was born in 1860. And he died in 1939. He nearly got to 80 years of age. And his name was Lewis Wayne. Now, Lewis Wayne was... um, He was the only boy of six children. All the others were sisters. And uh, he was really in a very precarious situation there. Because in, in Victorian times... You know, unless the the girls got married, you know, he had to support them. And none of his sisters got married. And his father died when he was in his 20s. And, of course, he had to support his mother and his five sisters. And he had a cleft lip. And he was told, his parents were told not to send him to school until he was 10 or older. And that's gen- basically when he was doodling around he started getting and realized he was getting good at art they'd seen that he was good at it and they helped him along they weren't a fairly particularly wealthy family but anyway he started doing drawings of particularly of agricultural things he was very into that into you know farms and stuff and all different types of animals and so forth but there was a little bit of a scandal with him in the the late 1800s, which was that he married the governess of his five sisters. And the scandal was she was 10 years older than he was. And, of course, in Victorian England, that was a no-no. It was okay for the the man to be 50 years older than the woman, but it wasn't okay for the woman to be 10 years older than the guy. So you had these conformities, and so it was sort of like, it wasn't a done thing to do, put it that way. And he was happily married, but he, they were only married for three years. She died of breast cancer. So Lewis wanted to basically get into drawing dogs. That, that, that's what he wanted to get into, doing draw, all different types of dogs. And, and he was also very prolific in the souvenir uh, postcard market. And uh, he had very sought after on one particular type of animal. And... Um, well, I won't say what the animal is just yet, but what happened was, as his wife was uh, suffering or uh, dying, basically, one of the few days that they went out walking, they came across this black and white cat who befriended him. And uh, his wife was fell in love with this cat. They brought it back. And every time the cat was around she would light up and she would be happy. So what she did, she persuaded him to do a drawing of the cat. And he did a drawing. And she loved the drawing. She said, do more. Start doing cats. Create a book on, you know, a portfolio of cats. And get them published and so forth. And he was doing that and then eventually she died. But this is where Lewis Wayne, this is how we know of him. Because of his cats. Now, I believe, Matt, that you like the odd cat now then, but the real ones. Yeah, I've got a couple of them at home. Yeah. And uh, I think you have a ginger, don't you? 
have a golden tabby and a gray tabby. Gray tabby. Now, Lewis Wayne went in for all different types. He he was absolutely, his style of drawing was so good that you could nearly take, the, you, you would want to take the cat out of the picture and take it home. Or the dog, or the horse, whatever. He was so good at that. And um, then they say in his later life that he went, he was, he went schizophrenic. But then other people say he didn't because he started doing all these psychedelic cats and all different <laughs> weird, weird things. But before he got to that stage, he was he was doing cats in in in. He would go to a restaurant. And he would sit there and he would be drawing the people in cats. So the, the waiter holding the tray, it would be a cat, but he'd be copying the waiter. The person sitting there smoking would be another cat, be another model of a cat. So he, he'd have them dancing and he'd have them smoking and he'd have them playing pool or snooker or whatever. So collectors really, really, particularly on the European market, I had a I had a fair few Lewis Wayne cards that I could because being in the antique business, I couldn't hold on to them. They went went out the door pretty well. The poor man died in poverty as well because he had to look after all his uh, sisters and, and mother. And what was sad about it was that he kept investing all his money into these quick, you know, quick fix, quick make your money, be a millionaire thing, and he had it in his hand. In his art, he had it there, but he signed it away because he was so easily he was manipulated so often, and he ended up really without without anything near the end of his life, which was such a such a sad. So he died in nineteen thirty nine at the age of seventy nine, poor, destitute, but his art lived on, and the beauty of his cat. So if you're online. Type in Lewis Wayne and have a look. Then Google has a lot of his pictures there. You'd have great fun. I don't have any of his postcards, so I can't really post them. But I might take a picture off uh, Google or eBay so forth. And they can be quite expensive. Maybe people that don't know what they have, it's quite reasonable. Always remember that when you're collecting, collecting is history. It's sort of like archaeology. Like if you're dealing with an antique, you're going back in time. You're holding it. It's in your hand. You're holding that. And, you know, when a person does archaeology and they're stripping back inches or layers, they're going back in history. You don't have to go learn a four-year degree of that. You just have to like something that you collect and pick it up and enjoy it. But you learn the history of it and who did it, who handled it. That's the beauty of antiques. It's living history. It's living thing. And always remember, an antique is 100 years old from whatever year you're talking from. So last year was 2014, it had to be. This year, it's 2015. You know, so 100 years. So I, I thank everybody for listening to uh, the show today and go to my Facebook page, hopefully, and um, Talking Antiques. Give me your ideas, give me your thoughts, and you're talking. We're talking to you on 1350 WZGM Independent National Radio, and we definitely hope to hear from you next show.